I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and thank you for praying and leading us to hear the word of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to add on to the prayers. That you speak to me, that you might speak through me. I thank you and I praise you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to switch off my uh, videos to maintain, maintain good um, internet, maintain uh, messages so that it can be clearer. Now, the topic, when the glory comes, when the glory comes, and we're talking about the glory of God. When the glory of God comes. First of all, we'll look at what is the glory of God. We'll look at when the glory of God came in historical times and maybe in contemporary times. Then we shall also look at the glory of God in Ezekiel's time. And then we shall look at the implications for us today. The implications for us today. Now, it is interesting that uh, this is a word that we use, glory is the word that we use many times. Uh, but at times we don't um, understand it. When we say we want to glorify you, God, it means we want to manifest your presence. So the word glory means the manifested presence of God. The manifested presence of God. I like what Jesus said to, to the disciples in John 14 verse 21 he said he who has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and will love him and manifest ourselves in him. In other words, the manifested presence of God will be in that person who has the word of God and who keeps and who obeys the word of God. A very interesting pen page, open invitation to everyone that if you have the word of God and you keep the word of God, then you can be sure that uh, he will manifest his presence in you. Let me read that scripture so that it is clearer to all of us. John chapter 14, and maybe we may go up to verse 23. John chapter 14, verse 21. What does he say? John 14, 
verse 21. This is what he says. Whoever has my commandments and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and reveal and show myself to him and manifest myself to him. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and will come to him and make will make our home in him. In other words, when the glory of God comes, is not an issue of the years of Ezekiel, the years of the other disciples, the years of the prophets. It is with us when the glory of God comes. How does it look like? What should we anticipate even as we are praying? Now, let me go to when the glory of God came and for what purpose in the Bible times and in the contemporary times. Let's begin maybe from Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. In the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the river Keba, the heavens opened for me, and I saw visions of God. Look at the context. The children of Israel were in captivity. Those were distressful times. It was a time of hopelessness. It was during that time that the Lord would manifest himself to Ezekiel and give him a calling. We shall come to that a bit later. Many times when God manifested his presence, when he revealed his presence to someone, it was to usher him or her into ministry or to commission him, as we are going to see. He says in verse 2, on the 5th of that month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the, priest, the son of Buzi, by the Keba River. In the land of Babylon, there, there the hand of the Lord was upon me. So it is very important that the glory of God comes to, commi to commission us. Many times when the glory of God comes, it comes to commission us. Let's look at Moses. When the glory of God came. In, ex, in Ezekiel Exodus. Chapter 3. Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. You remember the story. At the burning bush. Chapter 3, from verse 3 to 5. What does it say? 
when Moses saw the burning bush, Moses thought, hmm, what is happening? I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses replied, Here I am. And the Lord said, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. We'll be seeing this Whatever we are seeing the glory of God manifesting, it's a time of humility. It's, time, it's a time when we humble ourselves when the Lord manifests himself. So during the time of Moses, the glory of the Lord came at the burning bush experience. But also we do remember in Exodus chapter 11, Moses asked God, he said, show me your glory. And you remember, God said, I will put you in a cleft, then you see my goodness. You see my goodness. That's the back of, of God. You see my goodness. So there is a sense in which the glory of God is the goodness of God, the manifested presence and the goodness of God. In the times of Isaiah, it says, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Please turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Book of Isaiah. Chapter 6. And I want to show you the context. It says in the year, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. That is, the manifested presence of God. Above him, were seraphs, each with wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. <clears throat> with two, they, they covered their feet. With the two, they were flying. And they, are, and, they, and they were crying to each other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. It is interesting that Isaiah saw the Lord when King Uzziah died. If you follow in the times of Chronicles, during the times of Uzziah, Isaiah was preoccupied in writing the exploits of King Uzziah. He was preoccupied. When Uzziah made machines of war, Isaiah was writing. Everything he was writing, he was preoccupied. It's good to read what happened 
during the time of King Uzziah and how David, sorry, how Isaiah was preoccupied. But in the year King Uzziah died, in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. And he saw him as a holy God. When we see the presence of the Lord, we see holiness. Our God is holy. He was surrounded by angels, a certain type of angels, seraphims. They were praising, worshiping, bringing the holiness of God, showing the holiness of God. And so when the glory of God comes, we should humble ourselves. Because at the sound, when Isaiah, what he saw, when he saw what he saw, he said, woe to me. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. In the holiness of God, when the glory of God comes, many times we see our own sinfulness, our own unworthiness. Isaiah saw that he was a man of unclean lips. <clears throat> and so he said, woe to me. And one of the seraphs flew to, to him and uh, with a live cord in his hand, which he had taken with thanks from the altar. He touched his mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. It was at that time that Isaiah heard the voice. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? I believe God had always been saying that. That voice of whom shall I send and who will go for us had always been there. But Isaiah had been distracted by Uzziah. When he sees the glory of God, when his mouth, when his sin is atoned for, atoned for then he hears the who shall I send. And he responds, here am I send me. He did not say, not this, Isaiah did not say, here I am, send me. If you look in your Bible, he said, here am I, send me. Now there's a difference between here I am and here am I. He's saying, I'm bringing nothing in this. I'm bringing nothing in this. I'm your servant. When you say, here I am, Apparently, you are bringing something in the in the contract. Yeah, the like the way I am. So, in the times of King Uzziah, we see. I mean, when King Uzziah died, we see Isaiah hearing the voice of the Lord, seeing the glory of the Lord, humbling himself and being sent out. That's why I say, many, many times, when the glory of the Lord comes, it's time for commissioning, as I will be showing you later.
Let's look in the New Testament. Luke chapter 5, I think it is. Yes. The Gospel of Luke chapter 5, Jesus meets Peter. Those who are just joining us, we are looking at the topic, when the glory comes. When the presence, the manifested presence of the Lord comes. When the goodness of the Lord shows up. In Luke chapter 5, let's go to verse 8. Luke chapter 5, we can begin from verse 6. When they had done so, remember the Lord had told Peter to cast his net in the deep. In the deep. Cast your net in the deep and you get a great catch. And Simon had said in verse 5, Master, we have worked the whole night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down my net. In times of hopelessness, in times of disaster, in times where we have great challenges, when the Lord shows up, it means things are going to be good. He's going to show up and things are going to turn out good. Anyway, verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a great number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. That's humility. He said, go away from me. I am a sinful man. In God's glory, many times we see our own sinfulness. In his holiness, we see our want, we see, we see that we are wanting. Many times when the glory of God comes, that's what happens. That's why many people humble themselves. When the glory of God, when he saw the glory of God, he said, Go away from me. I am a sinful man. But Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. From now on, you'll catch men. When the glory of God comes, many times we are commissioned. Many times when the glory of God comes, it's time for commissioning. Again, in the New Testament, let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 9. The book of Acts, chapter 9. Let's begin reading from, <clears throat> from verse 3. Acts, chapter 9, verse 3. What do we see? As so near the Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. As we shall see later in the book of Ezekiel, 
many times God manifested himself as light. <clears throat> so verse 4, he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up into the, and go into the city. You will be told what to do. And eventually, you, you remember later, he was commissioned to go to the Gentiles. When he saw the glory of the Lord, he humbled himself. When the glory of the Lord comes, we must humble ourselves. Praise the living God. Some of you have heard this testimony, but I think it is relevant. Two years old in salvation, in the country of Kenya, around 7 p.m., I began to grieve concerning my country, Uganda especially concerning the church. Why was the church not helping to fulfill the Great Commission? Why was I not seeing evangelism and discipleship in the way the Bible describes it? I was so concerned about the disobedience of the church, and I began to weep for hours and hours. I didn't know what it meant. At that time, whipped by the Holy Spirit. But I wept and wept from 7 p.m. I went to bed weeping. It was while I was in bed that God showed up. In a dream which had visions. I don't have time to go through the dream and visions. But I'll share with you what the glory of the Lord. What I as the glory of the Lord. God spoke to me audibly. Now I have never, I had never, and I have never had God speak to me audibly since that time. God spoke to me with an audible voice. He said, be strong and of good courage, for you will lead many people to the promised land. Go and read Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. <clears throat> so I started reading Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Every place the sole of, you, of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Hmm. I knew that was now prophetic prayer action. I went to verse 4, the extent of the borders, the scope. I went to verse 5, <clears throat> as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I went to verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For you lead many people to the promised land. I got excited. Because I did not know what God had spoken to me audibly was scripture. I was a young believer. But I saw the goodness of the Lord responding to the urge to the agency that I had in my heart, and God was commissioning me to help lead many people to their prophetic destinies, evangelism and discipleship, and other ways to lead people 
lead nations to their destinies. So when the glory of God comes, when the glory of God comes, many times we bow down. Many times we humble ourselves. Now let's go a bit more deeply into Ezekiel and the glory of God. Let us go to Ezekiel and the glory of God and see what we can learn in the time of Ezekiel. Again, you remember some of you who have just joined us that uh, it was a time of captivity when, when the glory of the Lord was revealed to Ezekiel, when he saw a great God beyond King Nebuchadnezzar a great God. Beyond those who are keeping them in captivity, a great God who was giving Ezekiel and the people of Israel hope. We see God commissioning eventually Ezekiel as a priest, but as a prophet. Let's go to Ezekiel. Chapter 1, verse 4. Ezekiel, chapter 1, he says, I looked and I saw a windstorm coming off the north and an immense cloud with flashing lightning surrounding, surrounded by a brilliant light. The center of fire was what looked like for living creatures. What did Ezekiel see when the glory of the Lord came down? When the manifested presence of God came down? When the goodness of the Lord came down to encourage the people of Israel who were in captivity, to encourage the people, to encourage even the prophet himself? When the goodness of the Lord came, what did he see? He saw a wind. He saw a windstorm. Many times when the glory of the Lord comes, he comes like a wind. In fact, if you remember in John chapter 3, I think verse 3 onwards, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, the Lord was explaining to Nicodemus that you never know where the wind comes from or where it is going. So many times the Holy Spirit manifest himself like a wind at times like a wind you never know where it's coming you never know where it's going but in this case he saw it coming from the north what else did he see he saw a cloud at times the glory of god in the past would come as a cloud but you can't you, you can't say that we will not see it again at times it comes as a cloud you remember the children of Israel will be led by a cloud, a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire during the night. When the pillar lifted, Israel would follow. When the pillar settled, Israel would settle down. So many times it was, he came like a cloud. He came like a cloud. Lightning. Lightning is another symbol 
of the presence of the Lord. And we see also fire. Fire speaks about the holiness of God. The holiness of God. Even during the time of Moses, at the burning bush, where he said, remove your shoes. This is holy ground. He comes as a purifying fire. As a purifying fire. This is what we see when Ezekiel saw the glory of the Lord. What else did he see? He saw four living creatures. He saw four living creatures. Verse 10, I'm skipping some of the, some of the verses. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10. He saw four living creatures. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a man. And on the right, each had the face of a lion. And on the left, the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. These are symbols of the presence of the Lord and they have meaning. Now, remember, a man is the strongest creature of all that God has created because our image is, God's image is in us. Man. A lion is the strongest among the beasts among the beasts of the field. An ox is the strongest among the domestic animals. An eagle is the strongest among the birds of the air. In other words, God is speaking about his dominion. Dominion. These four dominate. God is bringing symbols of his dominion. Despite the fact that Israel was in captivity, dominion comes with him. The Lord would be the dominator. The Lord is the dominator. What else did the Israel, sorry, did the Ezekiel seal? In verse 16, a very interesting. Let's begin from verse 15, chapter 1. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each of the creatures with four faces. This was the appearance of the structure of the wheels. They sparked like chrysolite. And all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel, intersecting a wheel. You know, he saw intersecting wheels with rims full of eyes. Now, eyes speak of knowledge, speak of omnipresence and omni that is everywhere and he knows everything. Omniscience, omnipresence. It, these are symbols. God is riding on a, a chariot and is bringing the symbols to convince this prophet of God that the one 
he is seeing is going to bring hope Israel. The one he is seeing is going to help Israel come out of the dominion of the Babylonians. He is the dominator. He is the dominator. And the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Wherever the spirit of God, they would go. The wheels would rise along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. It is interesting that uh, these four living creatures, which Ezekiel saw, which Ezekiel saw, are similar to what we see in the book of Revelation. What does Ezekiel see? He sees a throne. He sees a throne. Verse 25. Ezekiel 1, verse 25. Then came, there came a voice from above the expanse of the heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the expanse over the heads was what looked like a throne of sapphire. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I believe this was the Lord himself riding a chariot. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist, he looked like a glowing metal, as full of fire. No, we've talked about what fire does, purification and holiness. And from there down, he looked like fire and a brilliant light surrounding him. Verse 25, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. Now, what is a rainbow? And what does it symbolize? In Genesis chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, we see when the rainbow came, it was a sign of deliverance. It was a sign of restoration. It was a sign of redemption. Even in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 3, we see, so let's go there. The book of Revelation. We're going to see the same throne. The same throne. What Ezekiel saw is what John the Apostle saw. The book of Revelation, chapter 4. Uh, let's go to verse 23. Revelation, chapter 4, verse 23. At once I was in the Spirit. There before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Cornelia, a rainbow resembling 
an emerald encircled the throne. In other words, what John the, the apostle saw, he saw a rainbow throne. He saw a rainbow throne. This is what Ezekiel is also seeing, a rainbow throne. A rainbow throne. Speaking of deliverance. This is what we see when the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me in the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we see the seven spirits of the Lord for deliverance. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, of the fear of the Lord. You see, you see the seven spirits manifesting as the rainbow. You know, rainbow comes with, with, with seven colors of the spectrum. So what Ezekiel was seeing is a promise that despite the fact that the children of Israel were under captivity, God was going to deliver them. The rainbow is speaking of deliverance. Praise the living God. He was giving his people courage. Then what do we see? What do we see? Verse 26. Sorry, verse 28 at the bottom. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Ezekiel is attempting to put in human language what he saw. And it is difficult. It's difficult. What no eye has seen, no ear has, no heart of man conceived. At times it is difficult to describe spiritual things. And they are understood by spiritual eyes. So Ezekiel is attempting to describe the glory of God as he saw it. When I saw it, says Ezekiel, I fell past down. And I heard the voice of speaking. That Moses chapter 2 to Ezekiel's calling. Having seen the glory of God, Ezekiel is called as a prophet. Now, what are the implications for us? Today? What are the implications for us today? in light of what we have done. I want to say to us that despite of the challenges we are facing as a continent, despite the corruption, despite of the many people selling themselves as slaves, despite the waters, the flood waters, the earthquake, despite of the challenges we are facing globally, and in Africa, a God we show up. A God we show up. You show up in the midst of challenges, our God will show up. As he showed up for Ezekiel to assure Israel that he's going to deliver them from captivity, our God will show up. It is the same thing that we see in Isaiah, that's why I like the book of Isaiah, 
the Lord saying in Isaiah chapter 19, let us turn there. I want to see the, this, what God is saying. What, what are the implications for us? In Isaiah chapter 19, Isaiah chapter 19, when you go from verse 19, it says in that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the heart of Egypt. That is an infrastructure of prayer. And I'm glad that we are praying. And a monument to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign. In other words, in other words, prayer in Africa is going to be a signal and a witness of God showing up as a savior. God is going to show up as a savior. God is going to show up as a healer. This is what the Lord is saying. Our God is going to show up to Africa as a healer and as a savior. In that day, verse 23, in that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will go to Egypt and the Egyptians to Assyria. In other words, the people in the Arab world are going to be transformed. Why? Because of this altar of prayer. And I'm glad you all were praying. The altar of prayer in the heart of Africa, in the heart of Egypt, is going to precipitate revival, is going to precipitate healing, is going to precipitate many things, including the revival of the, of the, of the people from the Arab world and the revival of the, of the people from Israel. The Egyptians will go to Israel. Look at verse 24. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on earth. Did you get that? In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt, that's Africa, and Assyria, a blessing on earth. He's not talking about mighty America. No, 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 no. He's not talking about Japan and China. He's saying there are going to be three regions. To be a blessing on earth, Africa, revived Assyria, and Israel. The Lord, verse 25, the Lord Almighty, we bless them saying, blessed be Egypt, my people. The Lord is saying, Africa, we are his people. Blessed be Egypt, my people. Syria, my handwork, and Israel, my inheritance. Despite the challenges we are facing, this is where we are going. This is where we are going. This is the end result of where we are going. We are going to be a blessing. And that's why I always say, never doubt during the storm what God said before the storm. The Lord has said, we are going to be a blessing on earth. Africa, we are going to be a blessing on earth. What is needed is raising prayer. And I believe raising a cadre of leaders like Joseph, a cadre of leaders, leaders of integrity, leaders like Daniel, leaders like Moses, leaders like Joshua, such leaders who fear the Lord, who take Africa ashore. Praise the living God. Finally, 
just like all these people humbled themselves when they saw the glory of the Lord. When the glory of the Lord comes, we should humble ourselves. In fact, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1, when the glory of the Lord filled the temple, the Bible says the priests could not enter. The priests were out of business because the presence of the Lord had come. We are going to go to a time when the priests can't minister, when the Holy Spirit himself is ministering. Where you don't have to say we are stopping at this hour. When the Holy Spirit himself has taken over. When he takes over the program. Time is coming when the glory of the Lord comes. When he takes ministers out of business. As it was in Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 1. Ezekiel fell. Verse down. When the glory of the Lord came. Let us not force our programs when the glory of the Lord comes. Let him move as he chooses. Let him direct us as he chooses. It's good that I share a testimony as a close. 1995. 1995. I was a national director of Life Ministry Uganda. That's when I became a national director of Life Ministry Uganda. 1998. I went to a conference well dressed as a national director of Life Ministry Uganda, representing an international interdenominational Christian organization, a member of Church of Uganda of Saints. I went to this meeting. It was a prayer meeting. Then a lady I did not know brought a prophetic word. He said there's somebody here you have issues with your heart. You have some pain with your heart. I want to pray for you. That time, I sensed I had some pain in my heart. So I rushed down to be prayed for, only to find myself surrounded by many others with similar issues. This lady called Cindy Jacobs. Now, I didn't know her then. Looked at me, she said, come. Come on the platform. I, I went onto the platform and she started praying for me. The Lord has opened doors of ministry for you all over the world. Except for except. She said many things. I want to tell you I've been to nations of the world, many nations of the world, many continents. Then she said, Because of the anointing upon your life, the enemy is attacking. But she prayed for me. After her prayer, I found myself down on the floor. She did not touch me. She did not push me. 
I was on the floor. My human thought said, hey, you're the national director of life ministry of Uganda. Moreover, you're a church of Uganda member. What will people say? I tried to rise up. As I tried to rise up again, down. That's when I heard a voice. Be still. Know that I am the Lord. So I laid there in humility, being still, knowing that he's the Lord. When the glory of the Lord comes, religion goes. For me, religion went at that time. Began seeking the Lord in ways I had not sought him before. But when the glory of the Lord comes, hey, you can find the priests face down. You can find members of the church crying, asking the Lord to forgive them. When the glory of the Lord comes, nothing else matters but the Lord. May the Lord help you. <clears throat> May the Lord help of us, all of us, manifest the glory of God. Because it's written, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, that we should manifest the glory of the living God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 20. We should be ambassadors representing the will of heaven. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good things, your good deeds, and glorify my Father in heaven. Our responsibility is to manifest the glory of God. May God bless you. Praise the Lord. Yes, uh, I want to thank God so much for the sharing. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Peter, for blessing us. And I'm very sure that all of us have been blessed from the, the word shared this morning about the glory of the Lord when it comes upon us. Now we want to come back to us to bring it to real life experience about the glory of the Lord coming unto us. Because many times we want to refer to the word of God in the Bible, but also it is also very, very important to, to, to relate it to us, like sharing, like he has shared what happens when the glory of the Lord comes upon you and me. He shared his experience. And also, I want to share the experience of the, about to the glory of the Lord coming upon me. I have shared this many times. The experience, uh, the recent one I want to share was uh, uh, last week. Uh, I was blessed to have traveled to Israel and uh, I got this special encounter with the Lord. I felt the glory of the Lord coming, falling upon me. I found myself screaming, I found myself groaning, and I could not understand things. And like you feel the presence of the Lord overing all over you. Like my life changed. I feel like 
I, that transformation coming inside of me. Uh, it, it is such an experience that I cannot e express, but one thing I know that I felt the glory of the Lord. It is very, very special. Like he has shared that it comes in a way of cloud, like it comes like that whirlwind, that it's, it, it splashes over you and you stop like seeing the normal things like we see in the physical. Uh, I have, I have witnessed this and usually it is all about when we ourselves like you, 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 it has, you have to, in, to be intentional to be in the presence of the Lord. It's like if, if you, you, you choose like to, to, to maybe to have, to have a fellowship, maybe, you know, sometimes we say, I want to meet you until you meet that person, maybe a friend. And then you talk, maybe you laugh. So it is the same way how the, the presence of the Lord comes. That friendship, that intimacy of the Lord is what brings about his glory upon us. And so brethren who are still online, thank you so much for listening to this word. And I'm telling you, let us always be intentional to see that as children of God, let us have that special relationship, special fellowship and time to be with the Lord and to have a special encounter with him. It is very, very great to when you get into, into his presence that you, you feel his glory coming real and his revelation coming to you. We want to bless the Lord this morning that uh, Doctor has shared the, the glory of the Lord when it comes upon us. It is, it is a great feeling.